1: Oh you 812 it's episode number 76 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man the world's most mystical Eric Roberts related podcast I'm Doug Tilly and joining me as usual is little Lord Fauntleroy Liam O'Donnell how are you doing today Liam
0: (laughs) how do you come up with all these ridiculous titles you've given me over what is unfortunately years right off the dome Liam O'Donnell Ugh, you're so creative.
1: Mm -hmm. I I have to admit, it's the last thing I do before I kind of finish up our little outline here. Uh, And it's always a struggle for me. Just like that very first thing that I say, which is getting less and less interesting and fun as we we go into our 70s in terms of episode numbers.
0: But I think the titles for me are continuing to be interesting. So you've never resorted to my actual known title, The Latin Love Pump. Sorry, they call you The Latin Love Pump? Yeah, all over the place. This is kind of like, I wouldn't quite say an alias, but it's a pretty well-known term for me.
1: All right, explain the history of this name, Liam.
0: Well, uh, I'm Latinx, so that's the first part, Mm -hmm. and then I'm the love pump, so there you go. (laughs) I feel like I
1: both want and don't want elaboration on the last thing that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no.
0: It's just funny. It's just a funny thing. Yeah, it's I hilarious. I like humor, Doug, you know? Liam. Um, Liam, I've had a few names like Liam, this that people don't. Liam, yeah. Liam, 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 No yeah. one cares.
1: I want to ask you about the thing that people most care about, which is oh. how you enjoying the
0: weather right
1: now. It's starting to get a little warm out there, Liam.
0: It's, you know, I work at a screen printer. Yeah, it's and- probably warm there. Well, so in order, you know, once you put the ink on the shirt, the way you get it to set is you run it through a big old dryer that has an actual fire in it. It's not like a, like a small, like a hair dryer. It's like a giant thing. So when it, today it was, what is it? 75 today? It was 92. It oh, right. Cause you're in Celsius. Mm-hmm. You son of a gun. Uh-huh. Point is it gets really hot with that dryer and I'm not looking forward to like summer, summer. I, I'm hoping they'll let me work naked, but I don't know how that works. Will you live stream you working
1: naked making shirts for your uh, adoring public?
0: Sure. Yeah, that'd be fine.
1: Good. What's your most popular shirt again?
0: Um, You mean for Cinepunks or just at the shop?
1: At the shop. I don't get Cinepunks. This is not promotion time for you, Liam. Um,
0: We do a lot of... We print a lot. All right, shut
1: up. Of... So, Our okay. guest today is a writer, project manager, and social media expert who's also a giant movie dork. It's Sharn Milton. How are you doing, Sharon?
2: I'm good, and I've never been called a social media expert before, which both frightens and impresses me, so thank you.
1: You've spearheaded so many interesting things since I've been aware of your existence on this planet. Uh, what is the thing, the one thing on this Earth that you have had your hands in, Sharon, that you're most proud of?
2: Ooh, well, gosh, I guess I should probably plug my women-centric feminist community called the Muff Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, is what I'm most proud of. Uh, we used to do monthly screenings, but now we just exist on the interwebs and we promote everyone else's stuff.
1: How can people get involved with the Muff Society?
2: Oh, um, they can get all up in our muff which is why it's called the Muff Society, so I can say <laughs> things like that, um, by going to Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, which is at Muff Society or MuffSociety.com. Sharon, yeah. Eric,
1: Eric Roberts is an actor.
2: Is he? Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. he is.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you think of the life and career of actor Eric Roberts?
2: Well, you know, can I be completely honest with you? So- yeah. Oh, please. I have known of Eric Roberts existence and that he is literally kind of in everything. And mm. you'll just be like watching the TV show and boom, there he is. I only realized yesterday, like, I think I knew, but I didn't know, know that like is related to every other Roberts Robertson show business. And I don't know why it hadn't clicked that. Him, like, I don't know why I didn't know him and Julia Roberts were brother and sister until yesterday. And my mind was blown. And then, <laughs> He birthed Emma Roberts, and again, my mind was blown, so that's where I'm at. I'm still coming to terms with these things. I, but I also think I knew this. I think I kind of knew. It's kind of like how David Spade is related to Kate Spade, which is weird.
1: Who is so, Kate Spade?
2: The bag designer. That's don't That's, the, um, that's fuck his, his would sister. what I know what that is. <laughs> I'm talking to the wrong people. Anyway, my mind was also just as blown when I found out David Spade and Kate Spade are related by marriage. So, yeah. Anyway, that's where I'm at. But Eric Roberts is a fantastic actor. And I'm, and <laughs> so many other feelings. I
1: sometimes feel like the, the point of us having a guest on the Eric Roberts is the Fucking band podcast is to alert them to the fact that Eric Roberts and Julia Roberts are related <laughs> and are brother and sister. It feels like this is a conversation that comes up on a shockingly common basis.
2: Which is nuts to me because I was, when I was younger, I was the biggest Julia Roberts fan, but I don't think. Like in the 90s, pre-internet era, you didn't have the ability just to Google someone when you were like watching a movie, which is what I do now when I'm watching things. I'll Google the people and go on IMDb. And so when I was doing, I was being a good podcast guest and doing research. And obviously the first thing that comes up is the family tree. And I was like, holy crap. (laughs) How did I I make it almost 32 years of my life and not be consciously aware of this fact? Well, you know, it's
1: sometimes you got to be ankle or knee or neck deep in it to realize the larger scope of the Roberts family tree. Liam O'Donnell, I got to ask you a question. Liam. Sure. Liam, do you think that we would be more popular as podcast hosts and have a more popular podcast if we had made a podcast about Julia Roberts instead of Eric Roberts?
0: You know what? I've asked, I've, I, I've thought this before in the Mm. sense, maybe not of Julia Roberts, but like Eric Roberts is so obscure and is, but I'm not sure. I mean, okay. So there's that Denzel Washington podcast, right? Yes. Does that have a huge following? I don't know. Well, it, it, it's, it has like
1: celebrities on it or at least, you know, yeah. a certain caliber of celebrity.
0: I just it. don't know. Like if we did a, if we did a Julia Roberts podcast, people would just be like, oh yeah, Julia Roberts. Sure. It It's almost too obvious to be appealing. It'd be like. Um, doing a podcast about how great bread is like, yeah, of course. Like, I get it, man. Like what's interesting about Eric Roberts or some other type of actor is that is the fact that people are kind of like, who is that again? Like, I I actually think that that maybe doesn't make us more popular, but it makes it worth listening to. I feel like Julia Roberts podcast. What are we going to? I don't know what the draw is. Sharon, if you had to record
1: 76 episodes. Yeah. Of a podcast about a specific actor or actress, who would it be?
2: Well, Julia Roberts, obviously. Of no. course. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I, oh, if I had to pick someone, oh, I mm, probably Tom Hanks. I don't know. What the, you,
1: you said I don't know in a way that was dismissive Of your own idea I think that's a terrific idea He's America's uh, funny man uh, Beloved actor Tom Hanks Everyone loves him Except for a friend of mine who for some reason despises him But you know he's a, he's a beloved figure He seems very nice Very genuine Why Why wouldn't you want to talk about Tom Hanks for 76 episodes?
2: I think I'd want to focus On just the Dan Brown movies though <laughs> oh,
1: Fucking hell <laughs>
2: Just those three. (laughs) Because that that fascinates me the most of everything he's ever done in his life. So I would do a Dan Brown-centric Tom Hanks podcast. It wouldn't make it 76 episodes. I'd probably get to 10 and then get tired of it. But, Mm. you know, I'd give it a go.
1: Yeah, we got tired of this one around 10. (laughs) I'm still in. Liam, Liam, Liam. Yes. What is your favorite...
0: Tom Hanks movie. Uh, Joe versus Volcano.
1: Do you like saying that, Liam, because you know that it's slightly underloved and it's uh, not as appreciated by the mainstream. So you're kind of it's kind of like a punk thing to say.
0: No, I had it locked and loaded because um, I was going to say you could do a whole podcast just on that movie as a funny joke. But then I didn't get it out in time. So then it was already there. Um, If I really think about it. Mazes and Monsters. No, I mean, so here's the thing. I have a lot of respect for Tom Hanks, but I don't know that I think about him a lot. So I don't actually have a, a cool... I mean, I don't know that I. it's definitely... I'm not sure that it's Joe versus Volcano per se, but it, that's at least a movie that sticks in my brain that he was in. Other ones that I remember he was in are not movies I particularly care about, like *Castaway* or Catch Me If You Can or the pirate movie. I don't remember what it's called. Captain Phillips. Is that right?
1: Uh, I'm the captain now. What do you think about yeah.
0: that? <laughs> no. Yeah. So these are all movies that like when they came out, I was like, oh, it's good. But I've never thought about again since. Whereas his earlier stuff, like I've rewatched Big. I've rewatched Over the Volcano. I've sure. rewatched mm-hmm. Bachelor Party. I've. Oh, The Burbs. The Burbs is my favorite Tom Hanks. There
1: you go. Right. I was waiting till you got to that. And also, it kind of feels like we're talking about a Tom Hanks podcast right this very second, Sharon and Liam. <laughs>
2: You know, got to change the name, get a new URL, because we have a brand new podcast. What's the name? Mm-hmm. What's the name of the podcast? Um,
0: uh... Hanks for the memories. Yeah, yeah.
2: That, that
1: <laughs> I actually literally was thinking that exact same fucking
2: thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys are cute. Look at that. It's
0: the only pun you can come up with for Tom Hanks that I could think of. At
2: least. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I don't want any listener to be thinking of a better idea to tell us. Right this second But we gotta stop talking about Tom Hanks Liam and Sharon Because it's time to talk about The latest Eric Roberts news On the Roberts Report It's the Roberts Report for episode number 76 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And as per usual, we start with a deep dive on the man himself's Twitter feed. You can follow Eric Roberts on Twitter at Eric Roberts, all one word. Uh, It's been very Keaton Simon-centric lately on the old Eric Roberts Twitter feed. For those not in the know, uh, Keaton is Eric's stepson. Uh, and it seems like pretty much every tweet is about his travel plans <laughs> and music lately. Seems to suggest that maybe someone else is helming the Eric Roberts Twitter feed at times. But let's take a look all the same. Now, uh, Liam, on May 29th, Eric Roberts tweeted. Th- this is in regards to talking. someone talking about rules of etiquette. They said, if you're at a quiet, intricate live show, don't talk loudly in the ear of random strangers through the entire set. And Eric Roberts added on to that, least favorite thing to hear during a show, the this question posed by one audience member to another. So, how are you? What's been going on? Now, Liam, you are a musician. You've probably <laughs> attended many uh, uh, a live musical performance. Have you ever been in one that was quiet and intimate where the audience became a problem?
0: Um, Yes, quite a few, actually. All right. Uh, When people went... <clears throat> When you go to see sort of a, I don't know, sad guy with guitar or, um, you know, someone at a, well, piano can be kind of loud sometimes, depending on the sound of the place, but definitely guitar or there's a young woman uh, in Philly who plays the harp. And if it's not mic'd properly, that can sometimes isn't that loud. Point being, yes, when you're at something in a bar, It really depends on the setup of the bar. If there's a place to hang out away from the stage, which is to me a must for a good Mm -hmm. venue, and uh, and also you know the popularity of the artist. Sometimes people are there to see the headliner, so if you're the first person you know on stage, you might not get the respect that you need. But as you know, that's just one section. I mean, a lot of stuff I like. You could talk through the whole set because nobody's noticing. Right,
1: right. I was really kind of hoping for a fun anecdote as opposed to your preferred layout of these sort of things. But I'm going to move over to Sharn. Sharn, what what was your most irritating concert experience?
2: Oh, I haven't been to shows in a long time. I used to go a lot. I was like one of those emo kids back mm-hmm. in the 2000s. Um, hmm.
1: You, you ever get in a fight at a concert?
2: no but i did i did get in a fight with um a coat check person at a club once (laughs) tell us more well they 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 hung up my jacket with the wrong so they gave me a number but they the coat check person mixed up the numbers because when i went to go get my coat they brought out a coat that was not mine. And I just said, that's not my coat. And they're like, well, yeah, it is, it's number. I'm like, I'm not taking that coat, it's not mine. It, it wasn't a nicer coat. I would have taken it if it was like <laughs> a goose jacket or anything nicer, but it was shittier than my coat, which was already shitty to begin with. And then I got accused of being drunk and I didn't recognize my coat and I just got angrier and angrier. And he finally, I was like, just bring out the two numbers adjacent to this number and let me look at them. And he did, and one was my coat. And I grabbed it. I was like, this is my coat. And by then, the security had come. And they were flanking me and trying to drag me out. And I was just gripping my jacket going, let me take my jacket. Uh, yep, those were the good old days of my early 20s. <laughs> Did you
1: then... Beat the shit out of these security guards. Yeah. That's
2: exactly how it ended. Mm. No, I, I literally got, like, flung out, like, in a kind of dramatic TV way. And, a, like, and then they slammed the door behind me. I just was like, I didn't want to be in there anyway.
1: <laughs> Do you remember what the show was?
2: Um. Oh, God, no. No, it was – um. but it was something at – I want to say one of the – it was something on, like, Queen West and one of those, like, really douchey, like, club bar things. Like, ugh.
1: Toronto-based people will know what she's talking yeah. about.
2: Yeah, yeah. if you're from Toronto, you know, and you're also going to right along with me. But...
1: <laughs> Liam, I actually want to ask you a quick question. You've been to a lot of punk shows.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, sometimes
1: the audience can get a little aggressive in these kind of shows. Elbows being thrown, people pushing against each other. If, uh, by accident, someone punches you in the face, what is the etiquette of those kind of situations?
0: I mean... I I guess it's different for different people. For me, I don't fight. So, you know, if if I get swung on, I'm just trying to get out of the way and kind of protect myself. I've only been knocked out, I think, twice at shows. So that's pretty good. Um, What were the shows, uh, Liam? Oh, there was a Christmas show. I actually, as you know, I also used to work at a church. So one year I preached and then went (laughs) <laughs> right after church to the show and then i got knocked out at the show <laughs> i believe it was i think it was during a band called damnation too it was my friend's band, and uh <laughs> i got i got hit i got hit so hard that i started bleeding from my ear that was not fun and i'm and and i'm 90 sure it was on purpose too oh. so you know fun Damn. fun times yay yeah, yeah, yeah. i i ended up going out and puking uh after I woke up, I was like, I don't feel good. I went out to puke and there was another friend of mine out there puking as well. (laughs) It was funny. Anyways, point being, um, (laughs) I think for some people who enjoy fighting, uh, getting hit in any way, not even in the face, just bumped into is a great excuse to start something. But for me, I'm just not into that. Like I've, you know, I've definitely, uh, hurt people by mistake, but I, I've never hurt someone on purpose at a show.
1: Liam, are you a woke bay? I pff, sure. Why not, Sharon? Are you a woke bay?
2: Um. Yeah. i I'm, uh, Well, I'm. I'm no, but I don't think I'm anyone's bay. Like, isn't a bay like you're to someone? Right. Like, I'm just. I don't exist as a bay. I have to be someone's bay.
1: Eric mm-hmm. Roberts is my favorite woke bay. Oh and God. On May twenty seventh, he tweeted. Even as recently as 2005, there are good movies without nearly a single cast or background member other than Caucasian. Strange, disturbing, and thank goodness it's changing. Hashtag catching up to do space lots.
2: <laughs> uh, space is so great.
1: <laughs> Again, we, we we are laughing, but I think it's a pretty, you know, I think it's uh, healthy, uh, uh, positive, and and... I always love to see Eric Roberts tweeting out um, kind of progressive messages like this because I think that there is a predominant feeling within some of the people I encounter when talking about Eric Roberts thinking that he is conservative. Maybe it's because he appears in a lot of faith-based movies. Liam, do you think that people think Eric Roberts, people who aren't as intimately familiar with his career and life as we are, think that he might be a conservative person?
0: Yeah, but I think they probably think that about a lot of older white actors. I mean, that's fair enough. Unless you see them doing something, and he doesn't have a public persona that way. Plus, I've actually run into two people now who literally confuse him with James Woods, a (laughs) thing that I cannot understand on any level.
1: Over on Twitter, at Jeff Fager tweeted, Is Google too powerful? Watch our story and decide for yourself. And it's a link to CBS News. Well, Eric Roberts had a comment on this on May 23rd. I didn't have to watch your wonderful show to decide for myself. Yes, exclamation point. Too powerful. A monopoly interferes and usurps. Confuses as much as it clarifies. Sharon, are you concerned about Google taking over?
2: I think it already has is the problem. These are wise words from Eric Roberts, though. Interferes, usurps. I like how both of those are capitalized as well.
1: Do you feel that Google confuses as much as it clarifies?
2: Well, I, eh, I suppose, yeah. But I think that also, it, that comes from the person who's reading it. Mm. So it's like Google is just a tool. So in the hands of the person who's using it. Yeah. I feel like Eric Roberts is on to something here, though. He, he often is.
0: Liam, is it mm-hmm. more punk to use Bing? No, most certainly not. (laughs) Why not? Come
1: on, get out of here with that. All right, I'm just fooling. I'm just goofing and grinning with you. Sure. Liam, you know what is exciting, though? What? Stalked by my doctor. Yes! Longtime listeners of the Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man podcast will know that we're very enthusiastic about the series of Lifetime movies called Stocked by My Doctor, and just since our last recorded episode, they have announced the premiere date of Stocked by My Doctor 3, titled Stocked by My Doctor, Patient's Revenge, which premieres June 10th at 8 p.m. on the Lifetime Network. Uh, I'm just going to read a quick uh, summary here. Uh, I might have to edit it down slightly After a jury finds him not guilty Of the kidnapping and attempted murder Of a former patient I, I am baffled how that might be the case <laughs> The mentally disturbed Dr. Albert Beck Played by Eric Roberts Vows to rehabilitate himself When he lands a teaching job At a prestigious Arizona medical school He immediately develops a crush On a new student, Melissa And struggles to keep his growing obsession From taking control of his life Meanwhile, Dr. Beck's former patient and victim Sophie Green Still furious with losing her court case again him, enrolls in the medical school where he is teaching to exact her own personal justice. Liam, from that plot summary, you know, we were a little concerned because Stocked by My Doctor too. we felt, I think we both felt was a step down. Does this uh, encourage you, this plot summary?
0: I wish I could say it did. It actually makes me a little nervous, Mm -hmm. only because I'm concerned about this other character. Like, him... You know, we're getting the formula here. He's going. He's trying not to be a creep, but he's tempted to be a creep. Then we throw in this Sophie Green character, and this could either be, like, the spice that this needs, you know, the the little shift that gives it a little bit of extra what it needs. But Mm -hmm. it could also be a huge distraction that makes the movie less fun because we're watching it for Eric Roberts. Like, uh, I'm sure all of these people are fine and there'll be other interesting characters, but I don't give a fuck about them. I'm watching for Eric Roberts to try to rip apart an American Girl doll. That's what I want.
1: Sharon, do you enjoy the odd lifetime movie?
2: Oh funny, you should ask. Uh, I am wildly obsessed with all of the Christmas ones oh. uh, and like the those and like the Hallmark ones, but uh, the this series has popped up on my, like, on-demand, and I always scroll by. I'm like, I what is stalked by my doctor? I don't think they have Eric Roberts in the cover photo, or else I would have oh. stopped <laughs> and probably watched it. But there's a lot of these that show up on my on-demand. There's, like, a stalked one. There's um, a babysitter one that comes <laughs> up a lot. There's one that I keep confusing for Rough Night, starring Scarlett Johansson, but it's called girl's night, which is also not girl's trip but it looks like, like somehow a mash between the two but very serious and I'm always tempted to watch but I tend to veer towards the romance ones because they generally have a happy ending this this is interesting to me though, I, I love that there's a third movie now where a doctor has stalked and attempted to kill someone and not been sent to jail, this is intriguing
1: I, I feel strongly, Sharon that you should sit down and watch the first, stalked by my doctor, and then report back to us your feelings on the movie. I'm I I feel, Liam, and you can back me up on this that it might be in the top percentile of the movies that we've covered on the show. Liam, do you think that's true?
0: Yes, I mean at least in the it's um, and how much we enjoyed it is yeah. it the best movie ever made. No, I mean, he definitely has some more classic films that he's been in, but this was a lot of fucking fun.
1: It's it's a quality latter-day Eric Roberts performance, and he freaks out like a dozen times.
0: Oh, it's, it's so good.
1: It's so good. Sharon, what are your thoughts on Clay Aiken?
2: I haven't thought about Clay Aiken in a long time. Um, I made a parody video with my friend where we broke apart the lyrics of a song of his years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but that's neither here nor there Clay Aiken's fine What's Clay Aiken up to?
1: Clay Aiken is joining Amber Rose And Big Brother contestant Cody Califlore In an Amazon series Yeah, it looks like Clay Aiken is lining up To teach some new dogs old tricks Sorry, I'm reading right from the press release thing here The American Idol alum is signed on To join Big Brother contestant Cody Califlore And model and activist Amber Rose In the series I guess it's called New Dogs Old Tricks uh, the spin-off of last year's college comedy What Happened Last Night Will hit Amazon in September Why am I even talking about this? Because beyond those three stars The rest of the cast of New Dog's Old Tricks Reads like a who's who of small screen celebs With Jesse Godders David Otunga Clayton Snyder Shelley Regner And Eric Roberts from the TV show Heroes <laughs> Attached in various ro- roles Yeah, so this is a show called New Dogs, Old Tricks. It will be on Amazon. It's a spinoff of last year's college comedy I've never heard of called What Happened Last Night. And it's going to feature all of those big names. Now, I'm not too with it, Sharn, but do you recognize any of these names?
2: Um, well, I recognize the shows in, in the brackets, <laughs> but not the names. I also, I, again, did not know Eric Roberts was not Heroes. <laughs> My brain is exploding um, But I used to watch Lizzie McGuire I couldn't tell you who Clayton Snyder is though I mean, news to me Was he even in that show? Do we want to fact check this maybe?
1: We should fact check it Liam, fact check it I know you're the world's biggest Lizzie McGuire fan
0: I literally don't know what you're talking about anymore
1: Liam, did you see the movie Pitch Perfect? No Okay, well I did I saw it in the cinema And apparently Shelley Regner is one of the cast members. Let's find out which one she was. I'm going to copy her name, paste it into Google. Oh, they are taking, taking over. Uh, and she is somebody I do not recognize.
2: I recognize her. Yeah, she's in Pitch Perfect. <laughs> I can confirm. She's also in the other ones, too. <laughs> she was on... They, they make a joke in the third one because there are a couple of them who rarely get like named or... Discuss they're just in the background and there's a really good gag between the two of them of the other cast members not caring about them because they're just the randoms in the background and I found that enjoyable. So she's one of them, the randos in the background.
1: Well now she's stepping up to frontline on this television series that will be on Amazon. Recently added to the ever-expanding Eric Roberts IMDb page is 2018's The Savant from director Sherry Kauk, who also directed the curiously similar-sounding 2011 film The Great Fight, which is described as the rare story of an autistic savant whose prodigious skill is fighting and maybe more. Sounds like something that could go wrong very easily. The savant is described as only 25 autistic savants in the world, and his skill is fighting. Also features Robert Loggia and Charles Durning, despite the fact that Loggia passed away three years ago, and Charles Durning passed away in the year 2012. And the film also features the recently resurgent Martin Cove, uh, just like that earlier film, which also apparently featured Robert Loggia and Charles Durning. So I'm guessing they're reusing a little footage here. Uh, But that earlier film did not feature Eric Roberts, which the savant does. Liam, an autistic savant who has a skill at fighting. Are you interested in the savant?
0: I mean... We're going to have to watch it, but honestly, Why is
1: that? Why do we have to watch it?
0: Our blood oath.
1: We made a blood oath to watch the life and work of actor Eric Roberts.
0: Sure, but I honestly, the, the, the current um, autistic folks are magic thing mm. um, kind of bums me out. It's, you know, there's ones where they're magical doctors. There's ones where they are in touch with scary spirits. It's the, it, it seems to be a new trend, and I'm not stoked on it. Sharon, over to you, uh
1: when you read or hear this description of the movie the savant, does it uh any red flags popping up
2: yeah i gotta I gotta agree with liam. I'm not really enthused with people on the spectrum getting used in story plots, I and mean, we do we have our quirky doctors who don't fit in, but they do, and all of those and i I don't feel like that i don't think. One, I I don't know all the skills like because the savant you can be a savant in anything, but is fighting really a thing that one could be a savant in? Could they? Is that even possible? I don't know. I'm not well. There's
1: only 25 autistic savants in the world, and this one's skill is fighting.
2: That is it, uh, yeah. I uh, I will watch a trailer for sure. Mm. I will. To a trailer watch, but otherwise... Is that an actual fact, that there's only 25 autistic savants? Or is this like setting up a future where there's only 25?
1: Let's check it out. How many autistic savants are there? Okay. It says approximately 1 in 10 people with autism have savant skills.
2: Well, there's a lot of people... There's a lot more than with 20... Anyway, yes. No, that... Not accurate. Let's imagine this is a slightly futuristic world where someone is killing off all the autistic oh. savant. And finally, an autistic savant with fighting skills comes along so he can save his community of other savants.
1: Sounds good to me. Liam, will we be watching The Savant? Oh, yes. Yeah, we already talked about The Blood Oath, so of course we're going to be watching it. Are you excited about that, or does that hold no appeal at all to you? None. Okay. We're gonna take our first break. When we return, we're gonna do another deep dive into the filmography of one Mr. David Dakota. We're gonna watch 2013's Hansel and Gretel, Warriors of Witchcraft. We're very excited about it, and we're gonna talk about it right after this.
2: to see
1: A coven of witches The brother is recruited to join While the sister uncovers Their heritage as witch slayers When the brother is supposed To sacrifice his sister They instead team up To destroy the witch of the woods
0: The whole fucking movie
1: (laughs) It's 2013's Hansel and Gretel Warriors of Witchcraft Directed by David Dakota Uh, I'm not exactly sure I should have counted out The number of movies That we've covered On Eric Roberts is the fucking man Directed by David Dakota But it is a huge Number Uh, and in fact we're getting close To the bottom of the list Hopefully uh, David works with Eric Roberts In the near future so we can get that uh, We can get a few more uh, so we Never ever run out this is written by Larson Tretter who I don't believe has any other Writing credits and uh, It's a movie all right. it Stars Fivel Stewart And Boo Boo Stewart Boo Boo of course best known for His appearance I think in the Twilight films I haven't seen them myself but that's my
2: Oh yeah I know exactly
1: who he is. We've brought some expertise onto it. We'll talk about that in just a moment. This also features Vanessa Angel from, well, I'm going to say that she's from the Weird Science TV show. That's what I know her most from. And uh, Sherry Curry from The Runaways is here as well. And, of course, Eric Roberts. We're going to start with getting both of your opinions on Hansel and Gretel, Warriors of Witchcraft Let's start with our guest today Sharn, this is, I'm going to guess Your first experience with the oeuvre Of David Dakota What did you think?
2: Well, you know, I was very quickly scrolling through his filmography And he did a, uh, a royal Christmas ball Which I have seen, actually <laughs> So this will be my second I told you, I watch all of the Christmas uh, Have romance. you
1: seen A Husband for Christmas With Vivica A. Fox?
2: Oh no, I haven't Well
1: okay. you should, because it features eric roberts
2: (laughs) yes a crossover of my two new favorite things (laughs) So, what attracted me to this one when i watched i only got five seconds into the trailer and i was like headmaster mr sebastian i'm sold on this movie i stopped watching the trailer so i could go into it cold because i didn't want to know anything else and i have to say (laughs) eric roberts as uh, I guess the headmaster, principal, whatever he was, was just perfection.
1: Well, we, we'll um, talk about Eric Roberts. We can't talk about Eric, about Eric Roberts overall, yet.
2: Overall, this movie was... It was barely a movie. And it I feel like it was maybe shot in like two hours on one set really quickly, just running around. Um some parts were so slow, some parts were so fast, but I was entertained by it. Like, I did not feel the need to, like, I actually actively watched the whole thing. I even, like, rewound it to watch bits again to make sure I was comprehending what was happening. Um, and it, I it is a
1: very complex plot. I can understand why you'd have to go back.
2: It was more of just things didn't happen or happen. I was like, wait, I must have missed a scene. I must have fallen asleep <laughs> for five minutes, <laughs> and I did not fall asleep for five minutes at all during this movie. But yeah, it was uh, it was fun. It was very entertaining.
1: Tell me about this Boo Boo Stewart, Sharon.
2: Well, so I never knew what his real name was, but I was I was a big fan of the Twilight movies, as one should be. Um, so he. I guess he became famous from those, um, he, played, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he played, he played, he um, played, he played Seth Clearwater who was one of uh, Jacob's buddies who lived on the reserve, so in that all of the, um, all of the uh, indigenous folks are werewolves, and I, that's too much to unpack in this, but basically that in Stephanie Meyer's world, uh, werewolves live on a reserve and they have native customs. And so this kid played Seth Clearwater, who was like the nice little kid. And he was very sweet and loyal. And I'm pretty sure he did not die in the last one. He lived. And then, yeah, he was also a werewolf, which was cool. You know, that's all right.
1: Yeah, I sounds good to me. Liam, what did you think of this movie?
0: I mean... I agree. I, I I I'll be generous and say maybe not two hours, uh, but definitely less than two days. You could shoot all of the acting in this movie. Um, I people have talked before about cheap productions where they have to use weird footage to like fill it out to make it an actual movie, and I I'm sure I've seen some of those things. But it, that's always been just something people say that I'm like, oh sure, yeah, whatever. This movie, I swear to God, the establishing shots exist only for the movie to be feature length. And they just keep showing you and showing you. And for me, one of the most ridiculous elements is they'll put these establishing shots in moments that are supposed to be dramatic or tense and just assume that the music will carry through your sense of like drama it doesn't, it's just, okay, there's a sign, the same sign we've seen four times, but the music's telling me I should really care about what's happening right now. Um, yeah, there's there's just not much, th- not a lot of things happen in the movie in a way that isn't about um, meditative shots of, you know what I mean? It, it's not because we're getting long shots of someone drinking water. Nothing really happens because there's just not really much going on, you know, they... The kid gets in a fight, they go to the school, meet the witches, you know, there's... And, and and part of my frustration with that is the opportunity for there to be more things. So um, in the course of the film, we learn that Eric Roberts' character is one of these... I guess they call them witch slayers, is that right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. He is, he is secretly one of these witch slayers. And he's so good at being secret that he's been a secret witch slayer for years and years and years. But then this one afternoon, he's just going to give it up to teach her how to knock baseballs away from her face. I mean, this was literally, I think an an issue of you have Eric Roberts for one day. Shooting is clearly going to take three days. So you just make the most of it. So I even think part of that scene, I think they filmed later on without Eric Roberts. They
2: never stood next to each other. (laughs) That scene, like barely anyone, throwing those baseballs
0: at her what's weird is later on they are together so they must have shot it all together but they couldn't get good stuff with her in it for the first part of that scene so like i was thinking like oh man eric roberts is already left for the day and then they go to another shot where they're in the same shot and i'm like uh oh, this is not this is not working right now but it, i i bring that up not to focus on eric roberts per se but just to say like what one of the things to fill out a movie like this that would actually be interesting is a training sequence. I mean, how many of these movies, uh of any adventure movie, where someone's being brought into a world that they're unfamiliar with, do you rely on a training sequence to like fill out the story? A lot of movies do that, and it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes they can be really fun, and. This training sequence is a very small, <laughs> poorly done part of the movie in which Eric Roberts trains her how to be a witch slayer by throwing baseballs at her face. It yep. doesn't make any sense.
1: I will say I also think it's the highlight of the entire movie.
0: <laughs> sure. Oh, without a doubt.
2: Yeah, well, that but, was definitely the best thing. And then afterwards, when someone comments that she'd been trained so well in those three and a half minutes. Jesus.
0: <laughs> I mean, I will say that. Even the scenes, there are – okay, so we're talking about the establishing shot phenomena. There are also multiple shots of Eric Roberts that were clearly done in one day that they just intersplice in. They're like, look around this corner furtively, come out this door and look upset, turn this corner and look like you're looking at something. And they just put those throughout the film. They may have no context with what's actually happening in the plot at that moment. Um All those moments, though, even though they're as annoying in some ways as the shot of, like, Central Hall or whatever the fuck it is, they at least were interesting because Eric Roberts in this movie is, like, trying to do a thing. And so that, like, brought you in, whereas some of the uh, actual acting in the movie was just, like, not engaging in any way, shape, or form.
1: Liam, I'm going to guess that you don't know much about Boo Boo Stewart.
0: No, I'm not a Boo Boo Stewart fan. But,
1: but. Do you think, and Sharon, I want you to weigh in this on uh, weigh on weigh in on this as well. Is Boo Boo Stewart too famous to be in this movie?
2: Well, like also, so him, him and like Fiveo, they're like real life brother and sister, mm-hmm. right? So, so they're like, so I thought, is this like their vehicle? Like, did they want to do this to like have like a a brother sister movie, and like this was going to be something big for them? Who even knows? But I. For the caliber of this film, and this being, when did the last, the very last Twilight come out? That's this a great was, question.
1: Was, what was the name of the last Twilight movie?
2: Who even knows anymore? Uh, was it New Moon? Breaking Dawn Part Two. Oh all right. Well, Breaking Dawn Part One was twenty eleven, so Breaking Dawn Part Two had been twenty twelve. So this is right after that. Yeah. I, I think he would have had more leverage than this.
1: I, it's 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 an odd. It's odd because he's he's continued to have a certain level of success in his career. So it, this does kind of feel like slumming up. But maybe he just wanted to do a film with his sister. Maybe it wasn't a big time commitment. I just want to elaborate on the plot a little bit. So in this movie, Ella is played by Follow Stewart. She's very studious. She's basically protecting her brother Jonah, played by Boo Boo, who, uh, who is a lot more kind of uh, rebellious and he gets in fights all the time. So he's basically... Uh, moved to a new high school by his rich family His rich adopted family She goes along with him to keep him out of trouble It's uh, He gets uh, mixed up in, the, in, in this kind of gang of students Who are like the most popular kids Who at first pick on him But then try to invite him into their kind of secret society Which is really based on sacrificing people to this witch Now you might wonder, by the way, from that description What does this have to do with Hansel and Gretel? Well, we'll get to that In just a moment But what I really want to talk about first Is the fact that this takes place in a high school Because it seems like the classes in this high school A. uh, Take place outside instead of in a classroom And B. Only feature students who are immediately part of the plot of the movie Like literally those three popular kids and And Jonah are the only students in some of these classes And sometimes Ella is there as well. But it's like it literally they have no other extras at all. What did you think of the presentation of high school in this, Liam?
0: I mean, I assumed what they were compensating for is that they didn't have a room that looked like a classroom. So uh, they do make it clear that this is a special school. But what's weird is he's sent to the special school as a punishment. So at first I was expecting like a bunch of bad kids. And then he gets there and it's the opposite. It's a bunch of privileged kids. But the idea that privileged kids just like sit around a tree and talk about Marx is like not really how I think that works. It was very strange. The one classroom moment we see is just a woman is just talking sort of vaguely about marks while they, while five kids who are the only five kids in the school, other than the extras walking past with a book bag, Are just sitting under a tree they're just sitting there and she's like you know mark says we participate in society for blah blah blah." anyways point being is that i it's so obviously compensating for something that it's super distracting especially because they reuse and even some of the descriptions of where they're at like the circle where they do the rituals is described as in the woods (laughs) and then you get there and it's the most manicured garden (laughs) environment you could possibly be in so like just say Oh, it's the garden. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be in the woods to be where the witch is, but it has to be in the woods. It's It was a very strange situation.
1: Sharon, do you think David Dakota knows what a school looks like?
2: No, but I, I agree. I think that they didn't have access to certain things that would make it look enough like a school. So they're just like, you know what? School's outside today. That's Okay. But that that's fine because you work with what you have. But the what I especially loved was the guidance counselor who did not act like a guidance counselor at all. At one point, when uh, when Ella yeah is confused about where her friend disappeared to, she goes just really flippantly, "Oh, you know, they're teenagers; they just go off sometimes." <laughs> School. They just, you know, they go on. Like, what? What is wrong with you? Well,
1: well, that is that's called foreshadowing, Sharon. Because we later discover that that guidance counselor, played by Vanessa Angel, she turns out to be who does she turn out to be, Liam? The the witch. The, the
0: witch. The ba- the bad witch. The bad witch with the. Scary what is the witch's? Voice. There's like a term for what was the term for the witch? The
2: witch of the woods. Oh,
0: the witch of the woods, Jesus. as opposed to all the other witches.
2: Very specific Also, I recognize Vanessa Angel from yet another royal movie called The Summer Prince She played the queen
1: In that film, Sharon, does she speak with a British accent? Uh,
2: yes, yes she does <laughs>
1: Because here, she does not <laughs> <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> oh, By the way, this movie is supposed to not take place in California uh, Like all David Dakota movies does do, I should say I believe it's supposed to take place in Salem, Massachusetts,
0: Liam oh, oh really, they, okay. they definitely should have picked a different location that's supposed to be salem <laughs> oh, I,
2: was, I thought maybe like arizona or something uh, i also the name of the school needs a shout out which for all up until it got explained and it was very obvious and dumb but labookin house which i was like what the fuck does that even mean and then it gets said oh it means gingerbread in german which was like oh okay yeah i guess that's a little on the nose now but hearing them all say labookin house made me laugh out loud every single <laughs>
1: It it does. It is obvious when they explain it, but it's also one of the few connections with the Hansel and Gretel fairy tale story.
2: Well, a gingerbread house, like it's just like it's a weird. It looked like half like a spa retreat and then half like some kind of like technical college campus at times.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Liam, jumping over to you for a second. Vanessa Angel, do you recognize her from any other works?
0: No, not at all. I not even the I weird science television show. Well, you said that, and I watched that show, but I didn't recognize. She didn't click with me at all. I didn't. She, recognize she was her.
1: Lisa in that show.
0: Yeah, I don't remember. I I will say though that um, I was saying that I didn't recognize Boo Boo Stewart, but I did. Because he's in X-Men Apocalypse's Warpath. I remember thinking, that gentleman is not nearly large enough to be Warpath, but okay.
1: Well, I mean, the comic book version of Warpath is ridiculously large.
0: But looking at his uh, filmography right now, I want to go back to what you were saying before about him being too famous to be in this movie. And suggest that our man, Boo Boo, here is just really trying to be uh, the the young person's version of uh, Eric Roberts. Have you looked at this? He's he's very prolific.
1: He also has and been a, in a lot of, I guess, these Disney films called Descendants and Descendants 2, which are popular with people who are much younger than myself.
0: Sure, but I, I also think he's willing to do – it is a broad variety of productions that he's in. And I, I feel I'm getting an Eric Roberts vibe in the sense of like – working is better than being choosy it's better to be working which uh, honestly is something i really respect about eric roberts so i'm kind of a mate like i was expecting to see this movie as sort of an outlier among a lot of great things but you know the same year he was in space warriors and not exactly you know a big uh, budget and the year before uh that movie smitty is unwatchable garbage so Uh, You know, that's the same time he's in Twilight. So I I, I think he's willing to work and do some huge things and do some smaller things as well.
1: Liam, staying with you for a moment. In the final 10 minutes of this movie, it goes special effects crazy. There's CG flying around. People are dodging and weaving around it. Talk to me, Liam, about how magic is presented using special effects in the movie Hansel and Gretel, witches of whatever.
0: Well, it seems like when one wants to remove a soul, uh, I'm assuming for any purpose, but in this case, it's mm-hmm. to feed it to the witch in the woods or the witch of the woods or the woody witch or whatever woody her name is. Witch?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You you raise your hands up and you say some like, mm, not even magic words, just like a make a dramatic speech. And then glowing yellow orbs appear in your hands and they kind of look like... Mm, I was gonna say the lightning uh, that in Mortal Kombat, but that's too high level. Mm. It's kind of like something from the '80s, like maybe a Howard the Duck sort of effect. It's oh. it's it's a really rough lightning lasery effect um, that sort of uh, circles around your hand. And then if you also want to zap someone, you just throw it at them. Uh, or you make kind of like a a a Dugan sort of shape with your hands, and then if you're a witch slayer, you just slap it away. You slap that magic right. ball slap away.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and that really works.
1: Yeah, and and it the magic is exclusively that yellow ball, except for a one brief shot of electricity, mm-hmm. uh, yep. which which is incredibly impressive. Sharon, over to you. What did you think of the special effects in this film? Uh, the note
2: I wrote down was volleyball question mark question mark? Question mark. <laughs> that's what it made me think of was uh, volleyball uh, I that whole ending was just a whirlwind because the setup was like the witch of the woods is undefeatable and we're all doomed and then it just was over so quickly <laughs> uh, but yeah I'd say um, I was actually I don't know how hard it is to make effects. I've never done it, but I, I was mildly impressed. It looked better than I thought it was going to, but mm. may, maybe my bar is way too low. And I think just for like, like I, you know, the, this, like this film wasn't like in movie theaters, probably not. And it wasn't big. <laughs> so to me, I was like, Oh, okay. That's like, that's at a level maybe above what I was expecting. So okay. I had co- gone in with a really low bar and was like, Oh, cool. Like beach ball things, whatever.
1: Compared to the special effects that allowed the cat's mouth to open and close in the classic film *A Talking Cat*, yes, this was Infinity War level. I will say, Liam, and I, this is going to sound very egocentric, and I apologize. I believe I can do better special effects than what <laughs> than what we see in this movie. Do you have faith in me, Liam, that I could do that?
0: Well, um. I have to ask you a question. Yes. Uh, Do you own a computer Mm -hmm. that was manufactured in the last decade? I do. Then I believe you. You could do better special effects than this movie. Now, people who listen...
1: Not only to the Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man podcast But my other podcast, No Budget Nightmares Know that I actually uh, helped make a movie Back in the mid-2000s And that movie was packed full of special effects That were <laughs> very unimpressive And I was involved in the making of those special effects However, much time has passed, Liam I feel like I can do a glowing orb That pushes itself towards someone Who then moves out of the way of it I think I can do it, Liam I feel confident I can do it
0: I've always believed in you, Doug, so you, I think you can, too. What happens at the end of this movie, Sharn?
2: Oh, wow. Uh, well, spoiler alert. Uh, the Witch of the Woods is killed, as the prophecy predicted. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> the prophecy predicted only... I guess the setup was only twins could do it, and they were twins, and they finally came along. But it was so... Like, there wasn't even a fight. They just stood at each other and yammered on for a couple of minutes and then ella just fucking stabbed her and she died there was no fight really like it was just like oh that was it okay Uh, you know and then she was gone but the ultimate best part the very best part was when the very very end they find their birth certificate I was at this school for some reason. Why, why, why Mr. Sebastian, aka Eric Roberts, knew who they were and just let them live their lives out in the world. And anyway, whatever. But they're given birth names are not Ella and Jonah. Those were their, uh, their slave names for their adopted parents. The real names are Hansel and Gretel.
1: And it, so now, it all comes together.
2: Now they're going to go by their birth names and go kill some fucking witches.
1: (laughs) It is revealed that they were actually named Hansel and Gretel this whole time. And they did indeed come to the school with that stupid German name. (laughs) And that... And to battle a witch. So if you really stretch your imagination, this is an adaptation of the Hansel and Gretel fairy tale. Liam, what was your reaction to that ending reveal?
0: My I wanted to be annoyed by it, but then I thought, well, at least now the title of the fucking movie makes sense.
1: <laughs> now there's a reason that this movie came out, right, Liam, because there was another Hansel and Gretel movie that came out around the same time.
0: Yeah, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, I think is what it's called. Right? And I've been calling this movie that all day. Uh very annoyingly, because it turns out I know a lot of people who like that movie, so they were excited for me, but then they were all like, wait, I don't remember Eric Roberts being in it, and then I had to have this conversation a few different times, because I kept forgetting that uh, it wasn't called that, that it, I still don't know, this is Warriors of Witchcraft.
1: Warriors keep, of Witchcraft.
0: Which, by the way, doesn't really fit this Doesn't really fit the plot at all, actually
1: Nor does the uh, poster art or cover art Which uh, makes it look much more dark and exciting And special effects-filled than the final product is Which really is just a uh, It takes place on a school campus for like 99.9% of it Liam, would you consider this movie a mockbuster?
0: that's interesting i had i was not thinking of it that way uh because this isn't a uh who does that asylum release so and and but yeah you know what i should because i forgot to talk about this i remember this movie i almost watched this movie long before this podcast i was interested in seeing the big Hansel and Gretel. I don't know what the if it was Hollywood or whatever, but I wanted to see it. And this movie showed up on I don't know if it was Netflix, but on one of those services before the um actual Jeremy Jeremy Renner. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, before his Hansel and Gretel, and I was like, oh, this is that uh, this is a fucking Hansel and Gretel movie. I'll put that on. And then I saw the cover art, and was like, oh no, 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 this is some other thing. Um, and thought, oh, this must be an asylum release. And it was only now that I'm like, oh, right, I actually have thought for a while that this was an asylum release and only wasn't thinking that because it's uh, now I know who David Dakota is and the magic of his world. Um, but has he done other movies like this that are sort of like um, mocks of other films? Uh,
1: he did release a movie uh, in 2012 called Snow White, A Deadly Summer, which I think uh, coincided with the release of a Hollywood Snow White movie.
0: Huh, I didn't realize that.
1: Well, if you didn't know, now you know. I have a cat that is meowing constantly. Uh, Back over to you, Sharon. Let's talk about Eric Roberts, the actor. He appears in this movie, Hansel and Gretel something or other. What did you think of the Eric Roberts performance?
2: I, I actually loved it. I thought it was fantastic. He wears the same suit every day, which I think <laughs> speaks to that they probably had him for just one day of acting. Um, I loved, I was so enamored with how he was always kind of watching Ella, which in the story makes sense because I guess he was like try, like looking out for her because she was a witch slayer or whatever. But I, I made GIFs of all of it and put them all on my Giphy account and realized it was always the same post he was hiding behind. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's at different points in the movie There are supposed to be different days, but because his costume never changes, it just looks like I've made the same gift five times, which I have not. <laughs> he's just lurking behind posts the entire film, and he always looks concerned, but what really tied it all together was that training sequence where he goes, "Um, he's like, it's time to train, and she's like, oh, are we going to read some books? And he's like, there's no time for books. <laughs> and tosses a fucking baseball at her (laughs) which she swats away without and the way she was swatting things away was also inspired with like no facial expression like just uh that whole scene was perfection and I watched it twice I'm not gonna lie I rewound it and watched it again because it was just that good
1: That particular sequence where Eric Roberts trains her in the art of witch slaying Is, I think, the highlight of the entire movie I, uh, Like yourself, I actually turned it into a video and put it on my social media And it was very, very popular People really enjoyed watching that ridiculous segment Eric Roberts also gets a chance to... um, come alive compared to the rest of his sequences in the movie, because he gets to yell and he gets to berate her and throw baseballs around. It did seem like some of those baseballs got right past her. I don't think she actually swatted all of them out of the way, but whatever. Liam, what did you think of that sequence? Were you, were you a fan of it?
0: Yeah, I mean I was very confused by it, but
1: it was very fun. So what did you think of Eric Roberts' performance in this in general, Liam?
0: You know, I love him and so... This is him clearly having fun and being a goof. And I like that. Um, I wish there was more for him to do. <laughs> um, and I wish he had been on set for more than a day because it really feels like they just got a few quick cuts of them and they chop him in where they can, and that's about it. But uh but what he was able to do, especially for that, was one of his longer sequences, I I, I liked it. And he kind of I don't know he's kind of the only part of this world that seems like there could be something more interesting like a movie that's like eric roberts witch slayer trainer actually sounds like okay i can be kind of into this let's see what eric roberts is (laughs) going to do for this but you know they just they got to kill him off because they can't pay for more work from eric so you know for a dude who's evaded capture for so long he, he also just gets killed so quickly. It's like no one who has magical powers has thought of knives before, and they just keep getting <laughs> stabbed and not seeing it coming.
1: Liam, what if I was to tell you that according to the Internet Movie Database, this movie cost $1 million?
0: Mm, I'd want to know uh, what that million dollars paid for. Um, was that for the actor? No, no, that doesn't make sense. Sure. Um, Two
1: big stars? Vanessa Angel and Eric Roberts.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And of course, Boo Boo. Boo Boo don't come cheap. Maybe it costs money to rent that villa where they shot this. (laughs) Perhaps.
1: All right, folks, it's time to get to that part of the show that everyone looks forward to most. We need to answer the question, is Eric Roberts the fucking man in the 2013 film Hansel and Gretel, Warriors of Witchcraft? Starting with our guest today, Sharn. Hansel and Gretel, Warriors of Witchcraft, is Eric Roberts the fucking man?
2: Yes, he trained the witch slayer so she could slay the witch of the woods. So, yes, he is the fucking man. Mr. Sebastian will always be the fucking man.
1: (laughs) Over to you, Liam. Is Eric Roberts the fucking man in this movie?
0: He really is. He really uh, is a lot of fun. And the only limitation to me is that there's just not much of him.
1: Not much Eric Roberts, but he makes the most of his limited screen time Yes, Eric Roberts is the fucking man In David Dakota's 2013 epic Hansel and Gretel, Warriors of Witchcraft Does set up a series of sequels at the end So perhaps we'll see Mr. Sebastian returning from the dead To train Hansel and Gretel once again In a uh, in a follow-up at some point in the future I guess it'll depend on how much Fivel and Boo Boo need the money But that is all we have to say About this movie Uh, It's not very good Uh, It's better than some of the David Dakota movies That we've covered on this show But it's also very threadbare Very poorly made It makes you wonder what the hell They were thinking a lot of the times through it But if you keep your expectations low uh, You can still have a lot of fun With the kind of goofy nature of it overall We're going to take our final break And when we return We're going to uh, talk to Sharn We're going to do a little plugging And we're going to say goodnight
0: This is a story about a girl named Lucky. Early morning, she wakes up. Knock, knock, knock.
1: And that was episode number 76 of Eric Roberts Is the fucking man I want to give a massive thank you to our guest today Sharon Melton who took time out of her very Busy schedule to talk to us About a very ridiculous Eric Roberts movie Sharon, where can people find out what you're doing On the internet
2: uh, You can find me On Twitter and Instagram And all that um, My handle is Sharnacious um, I'm really bad at spelling it But I'm sure you'll type it somewhere for people to find um and then my film society or community muff society is muff society everywhere um that's more interesting and worthwhile to follow in my opinion but occasionally i tweet funny things maybe i don't know jury is still out on that
1: we'll link all of that in the show notes and sharn is uh undervaluing her uh, social media presence. She's, of course, always posting very amusing and interesting things, and I strongly encourage you follow her. But someone I'm not so sure about the following is Liam O'Donnell. Liam, what's going on with CinePunks, and where can people find you on the internet?
0: Well, Cinepunks, uh we actually just put up... Oh, no, they won't be available. I guess the big thing right now uh, is that I've been hosting these... Um, screenings at uh, my local movie theater of Shaw Brothers films released by the American genre film archive. Mm. And so we've been trying to promote those and we made some shirts for the most recent one was a screening of King boxer and we made shirts. Um, But my guess is by the time this episode goes up, the order for those will have gone down. So apologies, but keep an eye out for the next one. We're going to make shirts for come drink with me. And I think uh, if you liked the last design, you'll like this one as well.
1: I have a question for you, Liam. I'm a big fan of the Shaw Brothers films. Why did you decide to go with Five Fingers of Death, a.k.a. King Boxer, first instead of Come Drink With Me, even though Come Drink With Me chronologically would have come before that?
0: Um, Well, first of all, I didn't decide shit. Uh, Someone else picked all the movies, unfortunately. Uh, I just was given the opportunity to uh, put our name on it and do the introductions. Um, However... I sort of played it off in my introduction as being just the sort of uh, American version is that, uh, you know, the Kung Fu craze starts actually with King Boxer. It's true. Um, and, and so, you know, March 1973 began the summer of Kung Fu and uh, was the first and only time that uh, six uh, Hong Kong productions managed to make their way into the uh, top 10 slot in the American box office. So uh, I think in that way, it's historically significant. And I bet that's why the gentleman who chose the films went with that one first. Um, and maybe just because it's the most well-known of, well, the second most well-known, I think actually the Shaolin um 36, Chambers, 36 of Chambers of Shaolin. Yeah, that's that's the most well-known, but I think King Boxer's the second most, and so that's why he started with it. Personally, um, these were all films that... Uh, I've actually never seen 36 Chambers. uh what? But the other... Yeah, uh, honestly, I think I've always avoided it because of its association with Wu-Tang. It just seemed too obvious, and I'd rather see things that I hadn't heard of before if I could. So I think if I had chosen the films, I would have chosen at least one, like screwball one I've never seen. Like, I've never gotten to see some of the ones they did with hammer hard. That would uh, have been cool. I mean, that's
1: fine. But how about the kid with the golden arm or, Oh Chinese yeah. Super sure, 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 ninjas. Sure. I mean, all those Chan chain movies. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about my love of Shaw brothers films, though. I could all day, Liam. Do you know what some of the upcoming screenings are?
0: Yeah. So like I said, the next one is come drink with me. And then after that is, um, crippled, uh, masters. yeah. Crippled masters. And then the last I think one five be- deadly
1: venoms is more well known than, uh, than uh, King Boxer.
0: I think that's probably true. I don't know. Like I said, I think this to is the this movies. is
1: fascinating conversation, by the way, both for yeah. Sharon and our audience who do not give a fuck about Kung Fu movie.
0: First of all, you do not know that we have very sophisticated listeners who probably appreciate <laughs> the Shaw Brothers and their au but, but for me, I think um, you
1: just say
0: au Yeah. I I was so, I was like Doug's just gonna let this joke go by and he's not gonna say anything about it. But no, you can never let a joke go by without a comment. <laughs> Liam,
1: uh, I recently contributed something to your Cinepunk site. Why don't you talk you about did. that?
0: I don't want to. All right. On. <laughs> no, you've been doing this past uh, pastelina uh, project with uh, Adriana, and the latest one is um, I didn't actually get a chance to read it yet. Is on um, Saint what? What is which? What is the no, film? I want to hear.
1: I want to hear you try to say what it is.
0: <laughs> I don't remember what it is. I mean, it's I know it's gospel, a Jesus movie. It's it, it a gospel it, according to Saint Matthew. Mark or Saint Matthew. Ma- Saint Matthew. Um, Saint that's Matthew. Matthew. Right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So what? I've actually seen the movie, but um, I didn't get a chance to read your piece yet. All
1: right. Well, why don't you head over to Cinepunks and check all that out. You can check Liam out on the old uh, uh, Twitter at Liam Rules. That's R U L Z, all one word. You can also find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T I L L. E-Y. You can also check out my other podcast No Budget Nightmares Over at NoBudgetPodcast.com But if you want to find out more about Eric Roberts is the fucking man And why wouldn't you You can go over to EricRobertsIsTheMan.com You can subscribe via iTunes And all those other places Why don't you leave us a review on iTunes We'd appreciate that as well You can also follow Eric Roberts is the fucking man On Twitter At E-R-I-T-F-M Or do a search for Eric Roberts is the man On Facebook It will fi- You'll find uh, us there as well uh, And of course you can follow Eric Roberts on Twitter At Eric Roberts All one word But with that said I think uh, I think we've come to the end Of our Eric Roberts discovery This week We will return in just another couple of weeks With another Eric Roberts classic Good night
0: everybody Night
2: God bless Eric Roberts is
0: the fucking man Eric Roberts is the fucking man Eric Roberts is the fucking man If there's anything that you can do Eric Roberts fucking can